Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6 a.m. on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. We're joined by our international government executive editor, Rosalind Matheson, and our chief Europe economist, Jamie Rush, are with us as well. Rosalind, good morning to you. The line, it's been another wild week in UK politics, seems now almost every week that we're starting to say that. Where do things stand in this race this morning? Well, it's interesting because it feels in a way we've been in wild weeks in the UK for years now, pretty much since the original vote uh, to leave the EU with Brexit. It's been sort of rolling turmoil in some measures since then um, for each administration and certainly heightened in recent weeks with a with a couple of quick turnarounds in Prime Minister. But as you're saying, we might get a new Prime Minister in a matter of hours, um, given that the race is now narrowed to two, uh, given that Penny Mordaunt, as of yesterday, didn't have anything like the 100 uh, lawmakers needed uh, to get on the ballot today. Uh, the question is how many of the supporters who are lined up behind Boris Johnson now shift over to her. Some of them probably will. Um, but as you can see from the news just out, we've got another slew of senior Tories publicly endorsing Sunak uh, as the next leader of the Tory party and therefore the Prime Minister. So really the writing's probably on the wall there. The question is whether uh, she insists on going to uh, a, a ballot of lawmakers later today, tonight even, or whether she just sees the writing on the wall now uh, and calls it quits. And that would just pave the way for a very quick coronation of Rishi Sunak as soon as today. Oh, it's great to see they've got such backing right behind them. All, all the way, I'm sure they were. Uh, now, Jamie, there's so many headwinds coming down the road. Um, people like, uh, well, one of my favourite economists, uh, Adam Tooze, calling it a polycrisis. Uh, it used to be an omni-shaminals, but now we have a polycrisis. Uh, I mean, what do you see that the, you know, once we've got uh, the Prime Minister of Stability, um, but the problems haven't gone away, have they? No, and I think we had a note out this morning on the cost of the clean-up exercise for Trustonomics. And, you know, we think that she's inflicted about 1.5% of GDP shock on the UK economy as a result of these uh, the ill-fated mini-budget. So, I mean, top of the portray... He's got to balance the books, so that's going to be the the pressing objective. You need to balance the books on the uh, on the spending side and and taxation as well in order to restore fiscal credibility. That's the first thing that needs to be done. Then they need to get through the winter and beyond. Uh, and so there's a new policy that needs to be crafted for April. Um, and then finally, trust was right about one thing, and that's that the economy is growing far too slowly in the long term. So there's still a lot of work to be done on that. So Jamie, that's interesting. Uh... You could have probably imagined uh, a prime minister before all this being able not to have to completely tighten. Let's just say the OBR number is 72 billion, the gap, that they could have got away with maybe doing, say, 50 or something. Is it likely that Sunak will have to do the full 
um, you know, whatever the OBR say needs to be tightened. Uh, otherwise, we, we do run the risk of being in a nastier recession than we otherwise would have been. Do you think he gets any flexibility or does he really have to do absolutely what the, the markets perhaps uh, are demanding? Well, I, I think it's the, the, the size of the hole has been shrinking anyway, which makes it, it's going to make life easier for him. So you know, if you look at the peak of the mayhem, the premium that the UK was going to pay over over European peers was going to be about 20 billion a year by 2025. So that mass that was massively increasing the size of the hole that needed to be filled, but the premium has pretty much gone away, or at least it's very small now. So that's 20 billion pounds saved on interest payments alone, and so we think that's what's left over is about 30 billion pounds. So I think he'll probably try and get most of the way to that, or Hunt will try and do that if he's still Chancellor. Um, I don't think they want to take any chances, but it's just the, the drag that's going to have on the economy is going to be smaller than, than it otherwise would have been now because we were talking about 50, 60 billion of cuts. And that, that would have been catastrophic, really. Roz, we heard from Jamie there some of the constraints the next prime minister will have. But politically, if it's Rishi Sunak, does he have any political capital to spend to try and implement any policy or is he going to spend all his time trying to hold the Conservatives together? Well, that's the challenge, really, for whoever wins uh, the, the new Tory leadership and becomes prime minister. Is you've had a party that's very visibly been tearing at itself for months now, public sniping, infighting. Certainly, you can see very different views about the path forward for the economy within the party. But more broadly, there's a bunch of other challenges um, that they will face. Uh, externally, how to maintain unity on the war uh, in Ukraine, trade tensions with the US and Europe, policy on China even. Uh, so you've got a huge slate of challenges and how you get unity of purpose, not uh, just within the Tory party, but within Westminster more broadly and in Parliament, that's a really big ask. And the first thing really is to sort of settle down the party and say, look, it's not been a particularly good month for us few months for us public facing at least in terms of the turmoil we've kind of displayed publicly and we really need to put that behind us um, and the question is whether uh, a candidate like Rishi Sunak even can manage that because of course he has had his own divisions within the Tory party and his previous tilt as leader so there have to be you know questions about whether he can really bridge across the Tory party and do that but then arguably could anyone really at this point achieve that quickly <laughs> Uh, that's probably the big question also. Yeah, it's a searching question. It's just interesting because, you know, clearly the reason why uh, Boris Johnson didn't run is because he was told that he would not be able to command a uh, a majority, really, in the sense um, that when Liz Truss went to King Charles, she would would not be able to say with true certainty that they, that they could command a, a majority in the House of Commons. So he... But it's the flip side of that is that if there's, there really were 100, 102 Boris backers, whether or not they form a rump and perhaps uh you know cause rishi sunak sort of uh, grief on the side and, and and indeed it only takes 30 40 uh, of them to sort of all of a sudden vote against the government i mean i'm you know this is pie in the sky stuff but how risky do you think that uh that, that a rump a boris rump uh, threatens uh rishi <laughs> Well, it's interesting because, of course, uh, Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak used to work very closely together as Prime Minister and as Chancellor until they had a really big falling out, obviously, a couple of months ago. Um, but, you know, ideologically, they weren't that far apart some of the time. Um, the question is, does Boris Johnson then sort of use his level of support still in Westminster to try and undermine 
Rishi Sunak from the side. Uh, what are his next moves? That's something where it's not clear yet uh, what he might do from here, because, of course, he is still a member of parliament and he clearly does have aspirations still towards a political career of, of some sort, as we've seen in the past couple of days. So the question is, does he sort of sit there in parliament um, and try and cause problems for Rishi Sunak, thinking at some point perhaps he might have his own uh, pathway to re-leading the Tory party into the next election. Um, that's something very much that we need to watch. <laughs> but again, it seems like the games will not uh, disappear just because we get a new Prime Minister as soon as today. Jamie, you're talking about in, in the, that latest estimate that Bloomberg Economics put out today, £30 billion of consolidation needed uh, to put the, the debt burden on, on trajectory. How does that sort of amount of austerity compare to previous drives to try and cut back on what the government spends? It's actually a similar sort of similar sort of sizes to what we saw between 2010 and 2016 under the Os- Osborne era. So it is material. Um, so I, it, I mean, it, and it's going to hurt. But I think the 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 question is whether they finance it partly through some some more pulling some tax levers, maybe uh, which won't be popular, but um, may need to be done. The other option is that they had already penciled in a huge increase in investment spending over the next few years. And my guess is that if they're going to cut from anywhere, it's probably going to be from that budget. So that won't be immediately felt by people, but it will have longer term consequences. So, Jamie, do the Bank of England take this all in their stride and still go ahead with 100 basis points? I know you're uh, thinking 75 as am I, but I mean, is there a chance now of 50? Well, I th- so let's think. So there's the Bank of England had two motives for doing big rate hikes. The first was fiscal loosening in the budget, which is raising demand, pushing up inflation in the medium term. That's now gone away. Uh, the second motive, or likely to go away, the second motive is to restore confidence in UK assets by lifting lifting interest rates, increasing demand for those, so that the pound doesn't slump further and raise inflation in the medium term for that reason. So those are the two motives. And they've both gone away to a larger to a large extent because the premium has fallen back on, on UK assets uh, and the inflation shock is, is going away from the budget. So it does call for them to do less than, than markets were expecting at the peak of the mayhem. I think 75 is probably what they'll, they'll do. But yeah, I think you're right that actually it does create, I think the risk is 75 is the central estimate there is risks now in both directions, 50 and 100. Roz, there is a, an argument at which that you could say that whoever is taking over the, the Conservative leadership party is, is somewhat doing a captain of the Titanic role because we heard from two MPs earlier in the programme, both from seats traditionally held by Labour with very small majorities. And they were, were pretty clear that they're worried about losing their seats. And of course, they do support the party and believe that they can turn things around. But there are a lot of worried members of Parliament who will be voting today who can, can see their very small majorities disappearing. Well, that's right. And you can see the level of public polling that shows how how much Labour has pulled in front, although you'd have to take that with a pinch of salt because people are sort of expressing themselves in the moment. An election, in theory, is still some time away. But what you can see is a real effort uh, by Tory lawmakers to, above all, avoid this careering into an election that they really don't want and they can't afford. You can see that even in the comments by Boris Johnson last night when he said he would not be standing for the leadership. He said this is 
in the interest of avoiding us um, cratering into an election uh, right now, um, even though he might argue that he's the only one who would have a mandate having actually won an election previously in 2019. But what you can see is a real effort to try and sort of steady things down a bit with enough runway into the next election. Um, whether or not uh, that, that, that timeline holds remains to be seen, of course, because if we go through further bouts of leadership turmoil, it's very hard at that point to argue a leader has any kind of mandate unless they go to the public. But certainly the polling is suggesting above all what the Tories need to do right now is hold it together enough to avoid an election that none of them really want. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.